Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 311. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. And as you may have realized from the jingle bells playing over our opening theme, this is our holiday episode. And what does holiday episode mean on this podcast? It means we're going to spend an hour not doing what we usually do. That's kind of it. (laughs) Uh, Back in the day, we used to spend time like talking about Trek Christmas type things. And then eventually, I think it became just Christmas. And over the years, we've really run out of all of that. And now we just talk about whatever, maybe some of our favorite things from this past year in the world of entertainment. But the bulk of today's discussion, I think, is going to be our thoughts on Avatar 2, or more precisely, Avatar The Way of Water. And joining us today is our recurring guest. I think he's been on more than anybody else. Brian McCahey. Say hello, Brian. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. I can't remember what the last... When was that? Do you remember what the last time you were on? Maybe Star Wars, some uh, one of those Rise of Skywalker? Probably. Or- I think we're talking about Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah. There's a movie that... I don't remember disliking at the time, but boy, has it really plummeted in <laughs> years since. It hasn't aged well. Yeah, right. There you go. It hasn't aged no. well. But I have a feeling Avatar 2 is going to age well. First of all, how many times have you guys you guys just seen it once? Yes, just once. I've seen it the one time and I am going back. Yeah, cool. I, I did see it a second time. So Brian and I went with his son and saw it. The IMAX 3D, that was the dual laser, so it was just 24 frames per second. And then I went back and saw the Dolby Vision 3D in high frame rate. That was my second viewing. Adam, how, how did you see it? Do you know what format you saw it in? Um, I just saw it in 3D. My sister bought the ticket, so. but I did see it 3D. I think that's the most important thing. Right. You know, as we learned in 2009, <laughs> I mean, the, the whole reason 3D is still even in the conversation is because <laughs> Jim Cameron relaunched 3d for the world with the first avatar since then it's been so long that it's kind of died off and now he's probably going to relaunch it again here with the second one i mean here we're recording this it's been the movie's avatar 2 has been out for two weeks and it just crossed the one billion dollar mark which is you know pretty good for 14 days i mean it might not be taking over the planet quite like the craziest of unrealistic expectations but i mean it's gonna it's obviously gonna have legs it is having legs um i don't think anybody's really worried about it long term or anything so adam what were your first thoughts first of all you were a fan of the first movie right yes yes definitely definitely i have i enjoyed the film i have my um complaints about it um but i'll go first off it's it's amazing looking then i kind of felt old because this is the first time i had to watch a 3d movie when you have, you have to put your glasses on and you have to put the 3d glasses over your glasses so that was a new experience for me i've never had to do that before you know it made me feel kind of old because a lot when the first movie came out i wasn't even wearing glasses you just throw on your 3d glasses and you're good to go so this one had to dual layer it i'm sure there are many out there who um understand what i'm saying but yeah it was kind of weird doing that the first time yeah welcome to my world buddy <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah, you know, the movie picks up, you know, we have, it opens up, kind of gives us a quick little what's been going on the last, you know, several years, um, kind of montage and um, you know, Okay, I gotta say, as far as montage things go, mm-hmm. incredible. 
You know, uh, I remember in college, one of the classes I took, we spent an entire hour once dissecting the scene in Terminator, which is the first Terminator is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Freaking love Terminator. With Cameron's incredible script, the scene when Reese gives out all that like exposition and they're basically driving around the city of LA in a car hiding out from the Terminator. There's not really any action. They like, they like drive somewhere and they stop and he talks a bit. They drive somewhere else and swap cars. And he's just telling her, telling her history of the future thing and setting everything up. But you never feel like somebody say, all right, sit down, my son, I'm going to give you the exposition. You never, ever feels like that. That's kind of how I feel like that. This, the montage here, there's so much information so fast, but it doesn't feel like an info dump. It's, it's just as relevant and exciting and cool as, as the rest of the movie. I, by the way, I really like this movie. <laughs> I loved it the first time. I liked it a lot the first time, and then I loved it the second time. So I, I do like this movie. I'm going to have lots of positive things to say. But yeah, right there, right there from the jump. Like I said, I enjoyed it. It's very, it's a very entertaining movie. You're not going to see better effects anywhere. This is the the top of the line. You're this is this is the gold standard, uh, platinum, whatever. So all of that, and it's a, an amazingly wonderfully made film. Technically, I know there's not going to be one complaint I'm going to have about watching this film. It's just it's it's candy for the eyes for the full you know three and a half hours. Um, my one complaint about my my complaint about it is plot i don't learn anything really all that new in this movie and the rhythms of this movie are very similar to the first one so those were my complaints i mean all right save that thought we're going to come back to that okay brian it's been i think it was two weeks ago today that we saw it right how has it has it stuck have you thought about it since then has it stuck with you at all yeah i thought about it a lot and i think the thing that sticks with me most is Watching it, uh, having seen it, and and my thoughts, I have to remind myself, oh, that was animated. Oh, that was all <laughs> right, CG. Yeah. There's so much of it, and I always go back to the uh, the whale hunting portion, where it looked so real, right down to the spray that was landing on the sailors' faces, and the buffeting mm-hmm. of the ship, and the conversations between uh, the characters within in this environment. And I have to remind myself, they didn't shoot that somewhere. It really looks like they just <laughs> shot it somewhere. So um, it wins just on that alone. It literally has the best visual effects I've ever seen in in, in any movie. It's not like, I don't know, 30 plus years ago, the first time you saw like Terminator 2 and you saw something you'd never seen before or or Jurassic Park in 93. It's not that kind of best VFX I've ever seen. It's the, it's so perfectly integrated in a way that I have never seen. I think one of the comments I had right after we saw it the first time was like, there were a couple of moments at the first Avatar, which is, you know, which is very good. And the, the, visual, the visual effects are great, but there were definitely moments, a few moments where I'm like, well, you know, I could see the seams of the VFX and that's normal. Mm-hmm. There's always something somewhere in the movie that gives it away. Can't be that perfect. There's literally no moment in this movie that isn't perfect. I mean, I was... I felt that way the first time, and when I watched it the second time, it w- and I was I was really thinking about that, and it's just it's just perfect. I don't understand. I don't. Did I remember if I sent you this article? I, one of the things it's like because I just rewatched all the Lord of the Rings, and they do all those weird tricks, you know, so that you can have the different you know species be different heights, but there are still multiple scenes, and that's just, you know as big budget as it can get. Hell, it's the same visual effects company, right? What? 
there's there's still moments where the eye line isn't quite right, you know, whatever. Just stuff that we're used to that we that we don't think about because we give them credit. It's a movie, right? Even that kind of crap is so perfect. And I read an article about how they made the how they did the eye lines perfectly in Avatar 2, and it blew my mind. It was like I just couldn't believe it. I've just I've never seen visual effects be so perfect. All those scenes where you've got the one little human kid, the Emerald Forest kid, whatever his name is. Running around like he's in the scene with with the Navi, and it's just it's just perfect. Everything it's just I can't. I, it breaks my brain. I, I don't get it. You know, there's just I can't a level remember of, his name now, maybe either, and I just you, call him Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what you get when you have like basically the most expensive movie ever made and a dozen years to make it. But no. I think that's just that. I mean, that's definitely part of it. Even Cameron couldn't do that in six months, but still, it's Cameron, you know. And it's just he's just he's just a guy from another planet. It's it's nuts. It's nuts. The effects. You mentioned the whale scene. The that's a horrific scene. I I give Cameron credit for that. The scene where they uh, they hunt the whale. Correct. Yeah, the the whale hunting scene. Yeah, that's a. I mean, when I say horrific, it's just it's. It's visually stunning from a technical aspect, and that's what makes it so incredible because it gives you more of that emotion. Because it's horrific to watch this animal be hunted down and murdered, especially you know after they've talked about how you know it's basically smarter than us and sentience. And you know the only thing that I'm when I was watching it that he that he probably held back on was just how bloody something like a whale hunt like that is. I mean, and I give I give Cameron a lot of credit for showing that because a lot of people don't understand like. They've never, you know, watch. Some people don't watch Discovery Channel, or they don't see these. Or Star Trek Four. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I mean, you know, I give them credit. So I mean, you know, you you mentioned, you know, this movie's you know made you know over a billion dollars so far. So a lot of people have seen it. So a lot of people that don't realize what goes into like you know slaughtering animals, this is what it. This is what it is, you know. Um, And so he's making a point there. So I give him some credit, showing kind of how. I caught a lot of this in the you know the, these themes are in the first movie just kind of how horrific and barbaric humanity is and how great and wonderful it is on the other side so um and I think he took that a step further in in this movie showing how you know awful human beings can be mm-hmm. well that reminds me there was one story thing that was you know the first one they were there to get unobtainium this movie they've changed the reason the humans are there a little bit the the implication is that Earth is dying, and they want a new place to settle humans, maybe. But I love that we never see Earth. You know, it's always that this planet is the home planet, and the humans are the aliens, the invaders. We never, ever deviate from that. I I like that, you know. Mm -hmm. I thought the story of this movie was much tighter than the first one. You know, my, my complaint about the first one was that it felt a little bit too much like Dances with Wolves. And I've heard some other some people talk about other movies... This one feels a lot more, in a way, it feels simpler, but it feels more unique, and it definitely feels more cohesive and tighter. Even though the run, even though it's actually a longer running time, which you know, you guys know me, I'm like, I love any movie that's <laughs> the shorter the better. But I, I didn't mind the running time here for for a change. But that story point, that story change, I think it's effective. I, I think that's a, that's a better, you know, motive. But it. It's something I haven't seen very many people talk about it. It seems like a pretty big change to me. It's a, it's a, it's a very different. I mean, the story. I like the first. I like this. Well, I mean, 
I'm just going to come out clean. And I was a fan of Avatar before they shot a single frame because I had yeah. heard about the project when it was in development. And I was very disappointed when he decided in to. In the make, 90s, right? Yeah, in the 90s. And he, uh, it was a toss up between whether he was. Uh, Alita was one thing, but there was a toss up between Avatar and Titanic. And I was depressed when he made Titanic instead. That's how long I've been waiting for Avatar to finally come out. And when we got our hands on that script that showed up online, that PDF word document that had his first draft, the, the script that was so amazing. I was like, how can you not make this? How can you not make this? So the, the, the story for the first one, I like a lot more because it's just a, it's, it's that hero's journey. It's a linear story. And it's, and I had never seen that sort of hero going native last samurai dances with wolves, play fields of the Lord thing done that way before in, in a science fiction uh, context. So it's, it's all, that movie's always going to be special to me, but for that, this one, um, it, you know, the story is a little harder to define in a sentence and say, it's about this, Yeah. but, uh, but I, I find, you know, and you, when you walk into this one, you're a little bit kind of like, I don't know if you, if you guys are like me, where you're like, well, Cameron has made two of the best sequels ever. This is going to be the next one. It's it's very different. It doesn't do what Aliens or Terminator Two does. It turn the story around on its ear and and give you the inverse of that. This one is the first time where you see, oh, this is his first time doing a franchise. The last one's just kind of like it, it can be a standalone thing. This one feels like it's the first movie where anything is left hanging at the end. And, you know, you can see like, oh, this is going to come back. And, you know, the, the, we're going to see these good characters and bad characters again. So I find that to be pretty unique. I never seen that with James Cameron before. Well, one thing we talked about was how cool it was that the way he was able to um, bring back some of these characters, like, is it Korch? Korch? What is his name? Stephen Lang's character? I can't remember his name. Korch. Courage, which I thought was a, which I thought was great, and um, uh, Sigourney Weaver playing the kid, which was amazing. But he's such a great villain, but it never feels like a, it never felt like a cheat. Maybe just because I because I I enjoyed it so much, but you know, I mean, he felt different enough, um, and even even he as a character says that he's not that person. He's this Navi guy, but his slight possible turn near the end that that that's the kind of thing that set that set up that that was very surprising but it certainly set up something some exciting possibilities for the future is one of the things that yeah you're kind of talking about there mm-hmm. once you go blue you don't go back <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, I i got this um i got a feeling that he's going to be becoming a good guy at some point in the series but we'll find out but I, I liked all the characters, um, the, the family, you know. The first time I had a little trouble telling a couple of the kids apart. But by the second viewing, I, I didn't have that issue. I don't know that anybody stages action better than James Cameron working today. That whole last, whatever it was, hour or something. I mean, it's just it's just perfect. The way that the space whale freaking is a part of that action sequence is amazing <laughs> i've never seen anything like it you know mm-hmm. and that's that's my favorite bit is when you're there all these moments when you're like i've never seen anything like this you certainly get the sense when you're watching this movie that you know you can find the pieces the different elements from his other movies obviously there's a lot of abyss in there for example definitely 
aliens, the marines, and the tech, which was in the first movie. But but I'm not sure we've seen him do a space whale <laughs> killing the dude guys before. One thing I was surprised about was how much, uh, like, I hadn't actually heard of the composer before, and he uses so many James Horner themes, which I, I wasn't sure it would be there. I mean, maybe I wonder. I'd like to hear the story about that. Was that was that why this other this compute composer I'd never heard of was used? Was James Cameron like, I want somebody that's not gonna that's that's not gonna mind emulating Horner and using all these themes? I wonder. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I did I did like the music. There was a new kind of theme or something, but there was a piece of music I really liked. The one of the earlier action scenes where they first, where the kids like see Korich uh, at the old site where Korich's old human dead body was. That scene, some, there was some cool like music stuff there that I really liked. Well, it sounds like Brian is saying he still likes the first one better. Is that how you feel, Adam? Yeah, for sure. All right. So, what was it? Your your complaint here was about the plot. Yeah, the plot. That's. It's fairly predictable, and I'm going to be honest, I'm, I feel the exact opposite that you did. It was too long, because I kind of got bored with the story. Don't get me wrong, I mean, it's cool, but it's drawn out, and it's kind of fairly predictable the whole way through. Maybe, a, a, I don't know, I'm going, to, I'm going to disagree with you on predictable the whole way through, all right? Because yeah. the movie starts off, and it was what I thought it was going to be. And then very yeah. quickly, I don't know where that point is, but it's 30, 45 minutes, He's, they take the he takes the family and they go to the you know water world. That was a mm-hmm. huge turn, and I mean certainly if you hadn't seen the trailer and stuff, I don't think I don't see how you would have. That seemed like a really big change, and suddenly it's it's about family and they're learning how to be the to to be the for this new way of life, and the humans are out of it. That was a big turn and surprise to me. So that's a that's the first point when I when I disagree that it's predictable. But even after that, maybe once it picks up, which, side note, another great thing about that, I really like the story. Of this, I really like the script here. There's never a moment where you're like, well, that that isn't really quite. Normally, movies, there's always some little moment where you're like, well, how would they know that or this? There's never anything like this, that in this movie. Even when Korich's people finally figure out where our heroes have gone to, it's because, yeah, it's because they called in a chopper to help them after... Sigourney little kid, you know, has that incident, which it's all organic and simple and makes sense. And there's never a stretch for it. That's like a little moment that in other movies have been like, well, they had if we just made something up so we could get them over there. Well, no, I mean, it all works. But even after that happens, and then you feel like it's going to be predictable, we're going to have this climactic meetup with Korich. It still wasn't what I thought. It still wasn't when or where I thought. It wasn't until... 10 minutes into that final big fight sequence where I realized, oh, this is the end of the movie. But I didn't feel cheated or anything like that. But I'm just saying that wasn't where I thought it exactly was going. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I quite... I mean, I, I, I agree with some of your point that is predictable. So there are some predictable things in there. But some of the big picture stuff wasn't quite what I expected. There's some moments that are like... Um... You know, the minute the minute that, you know, Iron Man isn't in an Avengers film and they put him in an Iron Man film, all of a sudden everything has to get grounded and they try not to talk about going to space or all these other creatures and stuff. And and there's some moments here that, that are like that where 
you know, the moment you were just suggesting where the young Sigourney character, uh, she, she connects to Awa and has a seizure, you know, Oh, I saw her, I saw her. And, and the, uh, the a human, the human character that's at, that's acting as a Navi and the other human character that have gone to check her out. They're like, well, you know, she's just having maybe a yeah. delusion. And you're like, you know, I saw the last film and Jake Sully connected and spoke to Awa and all of a sudden all the animals attacked. You know what I mean? So there's, there's, a, there's quite a few moments in there where they downplay the events of the previous film and you're kind of like, come on, come on guys. I, I just saw that, but I, I understand <laughs> you have to do that to ground it for the audience a little bit, you know, cause that's, but there, I, I found those moments humorous more than anything. And I think if Jim Cameron says they need that, then they need to do that for everybody else. Cause everybody else is not going to walk into that movie the way I walk into that movie. So, so I, I compare this movie to Rocky two. It's kind of the same movie as Rocky one, but it's, it's different. It has, you know, same kind of feel. You still like Rocky two. I like Rocky oh, too. No. Everybody likes Rocky too. Right. Hey, Brian, this is, this is where I'm coming from. Like I said, I, 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 I don't fully agree with you on this one, and you could disagree. No, with I think me it's great when we disagree. It gives us something to talk about. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, but um, for me, Rocky Two really is a remake of Rocky One, except the ending changes. Yeah, but right. This, that's how I felt watching this movie when I left it. I felt like I just watched kind of a version of the first movie again. Sorry, sorry, audience out there. The first movie is. You know, it's dancing with wolves. It's it's going. It's Jake going native, right? Mm-hmm. And then this movie is he's that he's Navi, and it's all about family, which is you know. Rhythmically, fine. rhythmically the movies are pretty similar. Um, now this one is about the first one was about Jake. You're correct. This one is about his family. Now it's hard for me to completely judge this because we haven't seen the complete story. So there's several more movies coming out. So it's hard to say, okay. oh. This sucks. What the hell was he doing? Because the story isn't complete. On the same note about talking about how it's not predictable, there is a very long section of this movie where you start to realize Jake isn't even the star anymore. He's, you know, he's certainly a co-star, but where it's the the main kid who goes off and meets the whale and has that whole relationship. And there are multiple scenes there. That is a that is a very significant subplot of the enough that I'm not saying, but it's, it's a predictable storyline. So yes, you were correct. When you get into the movie and you see where they're going, it's pretty formulaic all the way through. There's nothing, you know, dynamically amazing about the plot plot of this movie. It does what it's supposed to do to push the action forward. It's an action movie. At the, at the end of the day, it's an action movie. Like I said earlier, I'll give Cameron credit for trying to say things in this movie, trying to make make points in this movie about human society. So, I mean, I'm not going to go out and say, oh, this, this it was a great movie. This was a great movie. Is it nearly as good as the first one? No. Am I let down by this movie? Yes. But I can't, I'm not going to be let down for that long because I haven't seen the full story. It's kind of like reading the second or third chapter of a book and going, eh, what are they doing here? So that's where, that's where I am at. I'm not in disagreement with you about like, oh, this isn't a great series and a great franchise and it can't be like just the most amazing story by the time we get done with it. That's just where I'm at right here. I was just hoping for it's three and a half hours and I don't feel like I learned a whole lot new about what's going on in this world that he's, that he's created. Um, I don't think we got a whole, you know, other than, you know, Jake, and you're correct, them going out and being a family and learning about all that dynamic. Yes, you're correct. That's a new storyline to this. But as far as like the the deeper dive into this film, what's going on with Awa, 
I, I think there's there's we don't learn anything new from the first film to this film with what's going on in that part of the part of the world. And maybe we'll get it in the next film. Like I said, what is there three more coming out? So if they're each three and a half hours, I hope, would hope we'd get a little bit more um, detail. One of the, the last thing I want to say here, one of the one of the reasons I like this movie more than the first one, and I think I find it more watchable even though it's longer. This movie ha- is a world that I kind of most of this movie is a world like I I would like to be in in a way I think that isn't that isn't really so in the first movie. The first movie is more like nonstop conflict and this one has those scenes. You know, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just I like the parts where you're just riding around in the city. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> that's the fun stuff to me. Here I actually really liked like that when they first arrive in Waterworld and learn that way of life and all that stuff. And that's the stuff that's really cool to me because yeah, maybe there's stuff in there that I've seen, but in other movies, but I've never seen it with these aliens that look perfect. I've never seen that. I've never seen this 10 years of what a work perfection thing. And I'm able to enjoy that in a way that uh, the first movie doesn't have as much. It's not just eye candy, but you know, it's, it's, Maybe something more relevant or recent. The Batman this year. I probably shouldn't talk about that movie. But that that was a three-hour movie that is a world I wouldn't want to hang out in. Ever. <laughs> you know? Certainly, I'm excited for the, for the next one in two years, which we're getting no matter what, because it's been shot. Um, but I hope this movie does well enough that we can get, you know, four and five as well. What's the, what's the target to get more movies beyond three? I mean, if it made two billion, I'm sure they would go ahead and they would greenlight everything else. This one's gonna. This one's gonna make the two billion. I think. You it think? Will do it. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. After everything's all said and Probably done, I think it'll 1. definitely clear. One point one. It's at one point one now. It's at one point one now, in just two weeks. So I, the idea that you still have a lot more viewership in China that haven't seen the movie and stuff, and people, these James Cameron movies have legs. So I think it's I think it will get there. I can't say beyond that because nothing's better than you know it's kind of like the, the Phantom Menace sixteen years after Return of the Jedi. Everybody goes to see it, doesn't see it more than once. There, it's hard. It's going to be hard for Avatar to be new. Force Awakens, <laughs> Force Awakens yeah. made more than Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. Sure. So it's now we've never been in a situation where like oh we're going to see the next Avatar. It's like oh no Avatar is back, but now that it's back, it's. It's going to be in the public consciousness almost the way that Mission Impossible is going to be in next year, too, that like the next one is right on the horizon. So I'm sure that and I hope that when you see the first teaser for the third Avatar movie that you see an, a, a new environment that's different. I don't know what it would whether he'd be in the Arctic or whether they're going to be in the, <laughs> in the desert. But I'm sure there's going to have to be something to make it look. It can't be all blue and it can't be jungle and it can't be ocean again. It's going to have to be something else. Yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts? Anything else you guys wanted to talk on this movie? I can't wait to uh, get a home video release and uh, just really, really go through it and go through <laughs> hopefully tons yeah. of special features and deleted scenes and stuff. That'll be – that's the next one. Yeah, I hate yeah. to say that I'm not as excited about that because I'm – the first movie was made for scope and then in the home video version, he just op- – he did an open mat thing, which just had too much headroom and stuff. But I was – I'm able to just crop it and make it look good. But this one – this one, you, it's – I mean, in fact, when we saw the IMAX, it was 1.9, not 185. 
And that was the first time I've ever seen something somebody asked me. I remember the next day at work, and I was like, you know what? That 1.9 IMAX, the full container IMAX, is the first time I've ever seen something 1.9 and thought this was composed for that. As opposed to like, you know, Marvel movies on IMAX where it's like, ugh, it looks terrible. They just added a bunch of empty space where there has. No, the, these compositions, it really looks like it was meant for this. Anyway, uh, that means it's going to be really small in our homes, in my home. <laughs> but what about so, the Disney Plus? Will there be an enhanced version possibly for Disney Plus, right? That's no, when, when Disney Plus the does their enhanced, they, they do 1.9. They make it smaller than scope. You know what I mean? So maybe on a TV, it'll look fine, but I don't want to watch Avatar 2 on a TV. In fact, this is <laughs> if there was one movie this entire calendar year that's like, you must see this in a theater, it's Avatar 2, which is one of the reasons I saw the HFR version, too, was because I wanted to see something I couldn't be able to see at home. And it's the first time, it's real quick, I'll make it real quick. It's the first time anybody's done this. So we all hated HFR on the Hobbit movies and Gemini Man and Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. God, I forgot about that last one. And I still don't like it. And I'd still rather see it at 24, and I'm glad we saw it that way the first time. But he did do something nobody's done before. He did it so it wasn't ev – not every shot is 48. It's just select shots. Now, what I read was he said it's basically just the action scenes are 48. You know, when, if, when the camera's moving quickly, it's 48 to get rid of the motion blur. But that's not exactly true. There are scenes where it's like there will be just one shot right in the middle that's suddenly 48 and the rest aren't and the other ones are moving. And I don't, so I'm not exactly sure I understand the logic of what was chosen. So because of the jumping back and forth within the same scene, I found it to be oddly distracting, but I like experiencing new things and new technologies. And, you know, I'm glad I saw it that way my second time. Anyway, anyway. Okay. I, I will say this. I'm, I'm going to show my age here for movies that are over three hours. We need an intermission. <laughs> must have an intermission because I can't go. There's the thing. I went into this movie. I'm like, I can't get anything to drink. I can't get anything to eat because I'm not going to be able to sit through the whole damn thing. So, Oh yeah. No, Brian and I and talked half, about it. We had like a game plan that whole day. Three and a half hours. Water. I'm like, mm -hmm. and I know it's not going to happen because they got to pack in as many, you know, screenings a day as they possibly can. But man, it's just, you know, if you're going to go that long, it needs, it, it needs to have an intermission, especially if you want to film it. Cause sessions. I think this movie would, I think you could only do, like three hours and a few minutes on a, on one of those big platters. In the film days, this movie would have had to have had a, an intermission because it would have yeah. had to have switched the, the reels. But I, yeah, I remember that interview with, with Cameron whenever they announced the running time a couple months back. And he said, people need to stop complaining. I've seen my kids sit there and binge five hours of a TV show. Here's the <laughs> paradigm shift that needs to happen. It's okay to get up and go pee. And I'm just like, mm, you don't know your fans very well, buddy. <laughs> the second time I saw the movie, I went pee. <laughs> I knew right where to do it. But not the first time. Of course not. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't even understand what the big deal is about. How, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to have an intermission? I wouldn't even – some theaters I wouldn't even – because, like, yeah, you can sell more concessions. It just doesn't make any sense to have – to make you sit there for three and a half hours. And like, okay, when do I, I got to pee, when do I go? Or, <laughs> you know, and you miss it. And yeah. it, it annoys me. And I think in Europe, they're, I think they're all movies are have intermissions. Yeah, they do. My, my girl and I went to the new Bev, uh, was that last week? Yeah. Yeah. And we saw a double feature of um, Gremlins and Gremlins 2, which is a lot of fun. And they, everything they play there is on film. So they were both 35. What movies? Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Oh, okay. And um, 
I immediately went to the bathroom and then got in the concessions line, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to get some some more stuff before the second movie started. And I was like getting all nervous and they start playing. OK, we're about to start the second. One. I'm like, oh, shit, shit. And suddenly I realized, wait a minute, I've seen this movie. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. It'll be a few minutes late. <laughs> I know how it starts. All right. So I loved Avatar 2 mm-hmm. and uh, sounds like you guys liked it too. I did. Yes. Let's spend a few minutes just talking about our favorite uh, favorite movies from this year. Now, I, there are a lot of movies I haven't seen that I really want to see. I haven't seen, what is that, Banshees of Inishirin or whatever it's called. I really want to see that. I haven't seen Decision to Leave. There's a long list of movies that I have not seen that I have a feeling I really like. But of the movies I did see, I had a clear favorite, and then I got like a couple of runner-ups. You know, actually, I would put Avatar 2 in my runner-up. That's how much I liked it. But my uh, my runner-ups um, that I wanted to mention were uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which everybody loves that movie. I know. I'm sure anybody listening has seen the movie. Everybody's seen it because it's great. It was the rare movie where, for me, I, I went and saw it because 100% of the word of mouth. I mean, I love Michelle Yeoh, but I only saw that movie because everybody said it was so amazing, and it lived up to that. Did you guys see that one? I have not seen it. No? Oh, no, neither. Wow. Okay, well, I'm sure you've heard about it. Everybody talking about it, right? Okay, yeah. Definitely put it on is your it list. Is it still in the theater? Is it still in the theater, or is it st- streaming? No, it's... Yeah, you can you can watch it at home. Yeah, because it came out, like, in the spring, I think it was. What platform? Do you know? Well, it's an A- A24 movie, so they have several different deals. I think it will be awesome. I mean, I, sir, I'm, it's got to get nominated for Best Picture, surely. Uh, and the other movie that that blew me away that is my runner-up is Turning Red, which I've... It's such a shame they didn't put that thing in the theaters. It's not even... It's not. I'm not the target audience for that movie. It's not the kind of movie I would more normally like, but it was just so good that I, I still think about that movie. It's been almost a year. and Because, right, it was like February or March or something. And I still think about that movie every few days. That's that's how amazing that movie is. I guess I'm a Michelle Yeoh fan, right? She did a voice in that one too, didn't she? I like Turning Red. It's good. Yeah, Turning Red was so great. Well, Turning Red, you can easily watch, Adam. That's on Disney Plus, I'm sure. Cool. So those are my runner-ups. Do you guys have runner-ups before you tell me what your favorite movie of the year is? My my runner-up is is Avatar: The Way of Water because I have uh, three others that I'm just you know I thought were just I love them so much. Adam? I, I look at this this year as like it was an entertaining year. I mean, you had Top Gun. That was entertaining. Avatar obviously is entertaining. You know, a few Marvel movies that come out came out that were entertaining. But um, yeah, I didn't get to like, I, I can't say that I saw anything that I was absolutely was in love with. Well, the movie that uh, is my favorite movie for this year is 13 Lives, the true story Ron Howard movie about the kids soccer team that got stuck in the cave i've thought about that movie every day since i've seen it. it is harrowing it's so well done like the most perfect perfect movie for a ron howard movie Vigo mortensen is in it and he's great bunch of great actors in that movie uncle owen what's his name um he's in it joe joe joel Joe or Joel Egerton. Egerton. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's great. 
Colin Farrell. It, it's just great. The movie is so good. And it's free to watch on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. So I highly recommend everybody watch it. It's very, you know, it's intense, but it's one of those movies that I know more about the way movies are produced than the average human being. And I spend more time thinking about movies and working on them and watching them than most people. And still, there are moments in that movie when I have to like not remind myself, take a breath. It's just, it's a movie. <laughs> it's just you know, a movie. that's awesome. That is a, that is great when a movie can get you that way. Oh, Thirteen Lives is so damn good. All right, Brian, what's your favorite movie of the year? My favorite movie of the year is a tie between Top Gun Maverick, which I absolutely love, and I love the script and I love the directing, and uh, and the Black Phone which I just Black phone. Mm-hmm. couldn't believe how much I, and both were movies that brought me back to the theater again uh, to see more than once. I saw somebody had an article the other day, like let's hear it for, Hey, let's go see a movie kind of movies like black phone. You know, that's the kind of movie that you didn't think gets you to the theater. And then it does. And it's that kind of movie. Yeah. Yes. That is a movie that I a hundred percent only watched because of your recommendation. Oh. And I agree. It was great. I thought it was, you know, having a child, I found it very hard to watch, like very uncomfortable to watch that movie, but it's great filmmaking. It's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need to watch Top Gun Maverick a second time. I I really enjoyed that first time, but I need to watch it a second time. If I could add a third in there, it's, uh, it's Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, Doctor Strange 2 has something that I look for in every movie where – or I don't look for it in every movie, but I'm always happy when it happens, when I've forgotten about something that was placed in Act 1 that becomes very important in Act 3 and it comes out of nowhere. That That is my favorite thing to happen in any kind of story. And, um, you know, and same thing, Black Phone had a lot of that. Black Phone had a lot of setup. You didn't know where it was going and you're, you're cheering. It's – it's billed as a horror movie, but you're really cheering for the hero in that movie more than I experienced in any other horror movie. Uh, in TV shows, everybody loved Andor. Everybody who watched it, I'm certainly on that list. I really, really enjoyed Andor. I didn't think it was the greatest TV show ever made, which I've heard some people say. Uh, or even more blasphemous, <laughs> the greatest Star Wars ever made. Of course not. But it's really freaking good. I mean, it's great. Yeah, for sure. It's different. And I wanted to, it was a, it was a rare show where I don't watch, I, I rewatch movies. I don't really watch rewatch TV shows that much. When it was over, I wanted to watch it again. Really, really great. I'm can't wait to see season two. Um, I have, a, there's a lot of things I hope to see and happen in season two, but man, it's just great in every way that it can be great, great writing, great characters, great performances. I mean, it's just good. I was going to say Andor felt to me like, and I keep trying to find the best way to, to, to classify it. And, and the, the closest I can come to my appreciation for Andor is it felt like watching a Star Wars produced by the BBC. I had never <laughs> seen anything uh, like that before. It didn't, uh, it, I didn't want to buy an action figure or a toy. Uh, I wasn't sitting through it going, oh, my God, I love that character. I I haven't seen that character since that movie. Or, oh, this is that character that was mentioned in that book. Uh, there were moments it just didn't even – it didn't have any – didn't need to have any tangential 
connection to Star Wars, and yet it did. And there were moments that it uh, that it hit me so hard that I was watching Star Wars that I was like, oh my God, oh my God, all the Imperials with suitcases walking to work on Coruscant every day. Mm-hmm. Of course that has to happen. I never yeah. even imagined it. And I'm seeing that right now. Uh, and, and, and of course, when the show became a prison drama, I was just so sucked in at that point. Oh my God. It just- well, my, my favorite thing about Andor was the way that it would spend significant time with what you thought were minor characters, you know, like the one guy's, like his house with his mom and all that, you know, freaking eating cereal. I mean, it sounds dumb, but that was what made it so crazy real and like, the Star Wars world was so real. Yes. That's a neat way. And that, yeah. that was what was so unique about it. I've never, I certainly never seen another Star Wars show do that. No. Spend time with these characters that are, yeah, it's really cool. Yes. This is a Star Trek show, so I can't help but mention a couple of Star Trek shows. I did enjoy Strange New Worlds. Maybe not quite as much as I thought I would, but I dev definitely enjoyed it. I, I we've talked a lot on this show about maybe how disappointed we've been with with Discovery and even now Picard because they're just so damn nihilistic and bleak and you know not at least not what I want out of Star Trek. But you know, Strange New Worlds goes mostly in a different direction. Actually, Prodigy just finished its twentieth episode today, and I watched it this morning. And you know, it's not the greatest show, but. I enjoy watching it more than discovering Picard because it's, it's just, it's a bright show. It's what I want to see from Star Trek. And actually they did have their first, maybe great episode a couple of weeks back. This body thing. I don't want to spoil in case somebody hasn't watched it, but it's the first time, you know, these last couple of episodes is like, Oh, I can see the potential for this show. But even when it's not good, I, and not, even when it's not great, it's just, it's more of what I want to see from Star Trek. So I, that's how I'm able to enjoy it. But, Yellow Jackets wasn't this year. It technically came out last year, but I watched it this year, and that show was freaking amazing. And the only other show I wanted to mention that they're still releasing each week, I don't know if you guys have been watching Tulsa King, but I really love that show. It's so great. Am I the only one? I'm the only one watching I don't know. I thought you guys might be into it. I assume we're all... We're the right age to be Sylvester Stallone fans. I'm going to watch Tulsa King. I'm totally going. I'm, I am going to watch Tulsa King. There is no doubt about it. I have to see it. I've never heard of it. It's the Taylor Sheridan show with Sylvester Stallone, his first TV thing. He plays a New York mobster who gets dumped in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. It's great. It's a blast to watch. Any other TV shows you guys want to mention? Um, I enjoyed Severance. That was a really good show. I saw a lot of people put that on their list, yeah. House of Dragon was really good. I enjoyed that. Obviously, Andor. You know, of course, we enjoyed the Star Trek shows, right? Yes, for sure. Um, Strange New Worlds and um, Lower Decks, for sure. Right. Of course, Lower Decks, best of the new Star Trek shows. Should, for sure. I should have said that. I like uh, I like uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds a lot. Um, I don't know if the last season of Discovery was this year or not, so I don't know if that counts. But I, I did. I. My son and I love Discovery. Um, um, Good Omens was a was a pretty decent show. Uh, of course, Andor is amazing, um, and Sandman was the show that I probably end up liking most, ba- more than anything else. I absolutely loved Sandman. My son loved it. My daughter loved it. Uh, she just she spent she, she does arts and crafts, and she spent these Christmas vacation with us making his helmet, like. Hmm. 
she made his helmet and I couldn't believe how good she did a job of making that helmet. So Sandman made me want to go back and, you know, I, not that I have a lot, I've read a lot of those comic books, but it made me got, decide I want to go back to the source material. That's how much I like this show. Yeah. I've really been wanting to watch that one. I haven't gotten it on my list. I started watching um, Slow Horses on Apple. I watched the first two. Mm. It's only six episodes, it's only six episodes a season. That's, that was really enjoyable. You just kind of want some British crime drama. Cool. Yeah, it's this. They're like the crappy spies, right? They get yeah, yeah. Have you seen yeah. it, or I guess you're familiar with it? I watched. I heard such good things. I, I I got a buddy that he's really, really, and he and I are both into Bond. And we every time I see him, we talk about James. That's all we talk about: James Bond, James Bond. Um, so he told me that I would really like it, and I I watched the first episode. I, I don't know. I have a hard time. You know, it's like it, there's so much content out there that I feel like if the first episode, this wasn't used to be the case. Severance, everybody said it was great. I watched the first episode. Slow Horses, everybody says, I, I watched the first episode. 10 years ago, certainly 20 years ago, either one of those first episodes, I would have been watching those shows. But here it's like, now I feel like if it doesn't really hook me, I got to try something else. And so I, I've been meaning to go back to Severance. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a, Severance, but it's a, it's kind of a slow start. Um. And the thing about slow horses, slow horses, I had a harder time. Slow horse, I and mean, it's only six episodes. It's almost like just a movie. Yeah, really. I mean, it's like a, a three-hour movie. Because when I was watching, I was like, "Oh crap!" There's only one episode left. So it's kind of. I mean, really I love Gary Oldman. Elwin, um, Gary Oldman. Oh, what's his name? Oldman's great in it. Yeah, Oldman's great in it. Um, Who's the guy? The guy from uh, Brazil and Tomorrow Never Dies. That guy. He's he's in it too, yeah. right? Uh, I love him. Oh, and Pirates. He was in Pirates. It, uh, you pro- you may or may not disagree, but it kind of reminds me of like a very tame twenty four because it <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's not in real yeah. time, but it, it the it's the whole story and, takes yeah. yeah the whole story takes place within like you know less than a day is how long each each oh, season. I didn't realize you know. that makes it more interesting. I forgot. I mean, I forgot to mention Game of Thrones, but I think we all forgot to even say yay or nay on the Rings of Power, which was actually really fun to watch when it was when it was happening. I just so much stuff has come out since then that I've kind of forgotten about Rings of Power. But that was a great. That was. Fun I only show. watched the first episode. Another example, um, House of the Dragon. I watched the first episode, and I was like, I think I'll wait and binge this when the season is over. So I haven't watched past the first episode, but Rings of Power. My girl and I were both. We both really liked it, and it was the it was the only show besides us going back through the original series of Star Trek that she and I watched together once a week. So it was it was the right speed for us, that, and we really liked it. Yeah, looking forward to a second season on that one, even though it sounds like it's really far away, like it's not even coming out in twenty twenty three. Come on, man. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're shooting it, but they're saying twenty twenty four. What else did I want to mention? My favorite video game of the year was God of War Ragnarok, and. Oh, this is mean, but I'm going to say it. I did want to, I normally wouldn't say a biggest disappointment, but I was so disappointed. And in the same way that good movies have stuck with me, I was so disappointed in one movie this year that it stuck with me. And I haven't gone to a week without thinking about <laughs> what a waste of human resources Jurassic World Dominion was. God, <laughs> oh, oh. that freaking sucked. It was so I mean, we're bad. We're in agreement. We're in total 100% <laughs> agreement. Although, it's so I, terrible. But, but, but I waited until it was free on the um, Peacock app. It just, and it was still too expensive. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was just like oh, this once in a lifetime opportunity to to bring this stuff, all these things together, and it's just crap. What a terrible waste of resources. And even even the promise of the end of Fallen Kingdom about the dinosaurs are going to be loose and normal society. I mean, that's just eradicated in ten minutes in this movie, and then we get this stupid thing about locusts. What the f? Oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad. And what sucks is if I live to be at one hundred and fifty. It's still going to be bad, and we still never got any kind of decent ending for those. For the yeah, Brian, you, brought, you brought the plot line back into my head. I, I thought I'd blocked it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Repressed it. Well, now we know that if Doctor Sadler and Doctor Grant need to sneak in somewhere and assume identities, like you know, punch stormtroopers <laughs> and put their their costumes on, that they are capable of going into the Keystone Cops secret agent mode. <laughs> So real, real quick to go back to movies, um, I I would say I was a little bit disappointed in Marvel movies this year, in the in the Mar- But I am looking, you know, what what they got coming out next year. I'm pretty excited about, you know, Ant Man and all the other things that they got coming out next year. But I would have to yeah, say, right, hold, not that hold. I did, not that I wasn't entertained by um, Doctor Strange or, or Thor and all that. But I mean, I was just it. I felt a, I felt a little let down by Marvel. There, it might have just been an overload. I don't know, but I was it's a little low year for Marvel. Well, we talked about. It. I don't know how we're ever gonna. I'm ever gonna get excited again after. We didn't talk about She-Hulk. Oh, She-Hulk was good. I, I, I know She-Hulk. you loved it, Brian. We, we don't need to go into it now, but the truth <laughs> is, the last episode of She-Hulk, I loved it until the last episode. Wow. It was it was too meta. It was cringy. It was like Ocean's Twelve. Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts. I couldn't do it. I I loved that show until the final episode. Hmm. But you watch season two. It didn't, it didn't ruin the series for you, though. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. If I didn't like that episode. I know you loved it. I know, and I can see. I'm glad that people liked it. But I wasn't on that list. I, I enjoyed it too. I like the show, just not the last episode. The, uh, the last <laughs> thing I want to before we, there's one last final thing we're going to talk about in one second. But before we do that, best home video release of the year, of course, was Star Trek: The Motion Picture 4K. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily the Tchotchkes version, but everybody should buy that on 4K Blu-ray. Star Trek The Motion Picture. Uh, it's a gift from heaven. Okay, <laughs> last thing before we let it, uh, before we end this. Is there anything in the world of entertainment that you are most excited about for next year? I know for me, it is... Well, it should be maybe seeing Michael Keaton with the cape again. But my most exciting thing... The most exciting thing for me is going to be Dune 2, of course. I'm going to be thinking about Dune 2 a lot, and I can't wait to see that movie. You guys got anything on your most anticipated list for 2023? Um, I'm Like I said, I mentioned before, I'm looking forward to Ant-Man, and um, I'm looking forward to what Marvel's going to be doing next year. Captain Marvel is, I know nobody else puts it on their list like I do, but there's something so rewatchable about that movie. I've watched, oh, yeah. the, only, the only Marvel movies I've watched more than Captain Marvel are Infinity War and Endgame maybe Winter Soldier. So I'm actually pretty excited about the second one. We what haven't it, gotten a trailer for sure? it yet, have we? Yeah, it's like June. Was it late no, it's summer. It's summer. It's well, summer. yeah, because um, Guardians is what, May? May-ish? Mid-May? Yeah, it goes Ant-Man, Guardians, and then um, the Marvels. Yeah. Cool. Actually, that that Guardians trailer is pretty great. I'm going to be surprised if, I lo- if I'm nutty about that movie. Oh, yeah. But that trailer is my favorite trailer from the last couple of months, that's for sure. I think that uh, the thing I'm most excited for next year is uh, 
is James Mangold doing Indiana Jones. Uh, yes. It gives me faith that I'm really going <laughs> to like that movie, and I think he's going to do a great job. If if the movie is two-thirds of the trailer, then I'll, I'll enjoy it, because the tra- they did a great job with the trailer um, all around. And Brian, I am with you. I am looking forward to, to the second Dune movie. Um, I enjoyed the first one, but I was like left going, I want more. So that's just kind of a good thing. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, gentlemen, we've gone past the time I said we're going to stop. I'm sorry about that. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. You want to tell people where they can find your, uh, like your company's website, stuff like that, where they can find you online? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I own a company that makes uh, film trailers and TV spots and uh, sizzle reels and all kinds of fun stuff, advertising movies and television shows. So we're at doubleplusgood.com, D-O-U-B-L-E-P-L-U-S-G-O-O-D.com. And if you live in the Los Angeles area and you are a film uh, trailer editor or you've always wanted to be and you have a reel, um, give us a shout. Mr. Caesar, they know where they can find you. (laughs) Two weeks with you discussing the next two episodes of Picard Picard. Season 1. Yeah, we're going to finish Season 1 right as Season 3 starts airing, so that's going to be confusing to like be watching Season 2 and Season 3 at the same time, but I think we're I think we're we're professionals. We'll pull Are you gonna, um, I might hold off. I haven't decided yet. Got a few I weeks can't to... not watch the Picard season three. Yeah, that's not going to happen. All right, so listeners, um, we certainly hope you've had a great holiday season, and thank you so much for spending an hour with us. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Picard season one. So, thank you again, and until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. I passed it.